Trustworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Everybody, we're just gonna have to stop that right there. I normally I had to reload all of our stuff into the mixing board for the Upworthy Weekly Show just before we started the show because there was a technical glitch and so my fade out wasn't there. But anyway, welcome to Upworthy Weekly. My name is Todd Perry, a staff writer here at Upworthy, and with me is Allison Rosen. You know her as uh, the host of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Uh, Happy January 6th, Allison. How are you doing? Happy January 6th to you. Uh, the diligent listener, the attentive listener may notice that I sound a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I lost my voice. It's coming back. It is not entirely back. So I apologize for sounding better. Well, here's the thing. I'm a little concerned that people <laughs> are n- not going to believe it's you. Like it's It sounds kind of like you, but like a a huskier version. It's like right. you meets, uh, we always reference this. Who was the actress that played Jessica Rabbit? Oh my Kathleen gosh. Turner. Is it Kathleen yeah. Turner? It's like yeah. Kathleen Turner or what's what's the gal in Gone Girl? The blonde gal? She's a really cool, oh. cool voice. I am, I'm blanking, but oh, what is her name? It's on the tip of my yeah. tongue. I People keep saying I sound like Lindsay Lohan. Like... I would prefer like a Scarlett Johansson. But. Yeah, I'll take that too. Uh, Lindsay Lohan after about four Marlboro Lights and uh, a couple martinis. <laughs> yeah, I got to look up the Gone Girl because it's the Gone Girl actress because it's going to drive me nuts. Or Was Ben Affleck in that too? Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal also. Not Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm sorry. The gal from 10 Things. Rosamund. Do you mean Rosamund Pike? Yes. Yes. Oh, Julia Stiles? Yeah, also sexy girl voice. That kind of husky, you yeah. know. Uh, so, but here's the thing. My concern is not your voice, because I think it sounds fine on the show, you know. Uh, we didn't have to, like, you know, replace you for the week or something. But <laughs> my, my concern is that people in the audience, uh, they're not going to believe it's you. Right. Uh, no, you can go to look. Go to Facebook and and take a gander with your eyes, and you can verify yourself. But if you're just listening, you're going to need some verification. Yeah, because uh, like recently we had a guy that emailed the show and was adamant that I was lying about a whole host of different yeah. things. Right. So there's people out there right. that you know sometimes think that we're trying to pull one over on the audience, which we never are. But I just want to you know we never are. No. So I I, I okay. just felt like I would ask you some questions. That only Allison Rosen would know. All right. I feel like I'm the gal for the job. Well, <laughs> or am I? Right, that's true. <laughs> we'll find you know. out. And, and so just, just to be sure, you know, we'll have the three-step verification process, just like when okay. you lose your bank account password and they ask you what your goldfish's yeah. name was or something. I hope this is easier than when it shows you nine pictures and you have to click all the ones that have cars in them because I keep having to do that for a website. Fire hydrants, cars, bridges, and sometimes I fail. No, these are completely, this is like Allison 101. <laughs> like, this okay, is great. for your l- listeners okay. that just like listen to one show, not like the Patreon subscribers. These, uh, this is... Mm. It, Boy, if I can't get this. Right. <laughs> 
who am I? Yeah. Also talking about the thing where it's like, is this a fire hydrant? And then you have to do the nine pictures. Why does everything need like three-step verification these days? Like I used to be able to log into a website. I know. Yeah. Who is trying to go? Who's trying to like order my thyroid pills? (laughs) I want. It was a pharmacy website. (laughs) I want a riskier world where I just fly in with a password or a pin. Just a pin number. Just four. Yes. Ooh, yes. If somebody wants my crap, they can have it. Right. Anyway, so are you ready? I am ready. To to prove that you are Allison Rosen, uh, does your husband snore? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I know we're in the middle of a high-stakes verification process, and I don't want to time out. But last night, I had a coughing attack, and that dude was snoring sleeping like a snoring baby the entire time and i was like how is he sleeping through this i mean that's a quiet one just him and the dog just snoozeroo and i was like dying over there having trouble catching my breath just could not stop coughing anyway okay number two uh have you ever fallen for a man so quickly and abruptly that you felt compelled to do his laundry? <laughs> yes. Yes, and I I thought it would be attractive. I think it was frightening, and I see that now. Regret it. <laughs> You're making me cough. <laughs> now is it Todd? No. Did I did I did I share that on the show or was that off air? You shared it on the show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, last question. You get this right. There'll be no doubt that you are indeed Allison Rosen. Um, okay. And this is a question about Upworthy Weekly, because you've done these shows. Obviously, you know what we've talked about. Of course I do. On the May 7th, 2022 episode of Upworthy Weekly, oh, entitled Art of Small Talk, Tribute to Otis, Naps at Work, uh, we did a story on an ESPN host who paid tribute to his lost dog named Otis. What was the name of the ESPN yes. host on the May 7, 2022 episode of Upworthy <laughs> you, Weekly? You are stomping me on purpose. You know I don't follow sports. The real Allison doesn't follow sports. If this Allison knew, then that would mean I'm fake. I can't remember. The name Ken Jennings is coming to mind, but that's the Jeopardy yeah. host. Ken Owen <sighs> is not him. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he came so close. But I remember Otis, I remember that he came home from work and he was talking about how lonely it was when he got home because his little shadow wasn't there. And uh, I know that he cried on air when he was talking about his dog and I wanted to cry listening to it. What's his name? I'm going to have to go to the judges here. What? what, what, Judges? Mm. Rick Stone Stone Fox (laughs) his name was Rick Stonesley Scott Van Pelt and you know what you knew the story well enough Scott Van Pelt well enough and you made a compelling point I I thought I had fake Allison Stump (laughs) I thought but you made a great point and said real Allison wouldn't know an ESPN reporter's name yeah yeah it's just thank you I'm gonna give you that I just I mean you can throw in a fourth if you want no, I, th- I think it's fine. I, You know, I was just really trying okay. to avoid a, a fake Shemp situation where, like, right. Shemp on the Three Stooges died, 
And then they still they made four shorts where they had a guy that was like fake Shemp that was like they just wouldn't show his face and he'd always be carrying something mm-hmm. or they'd shoot him from the back of the head. Right. Yeah, we're not doing that. And it's also not going to be like um, on Roseanne when they brought in a different Becky. Mm. I don't know if you watched that show. I did. I did. Suddenly, suddenly Becky was. <laughs> And now, the Wednesday Adams of Upworthy, Allison Rosen. Why in the world we even chose her for this show remains to be seen. Take it away, Princess of Darkness. Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute her. It's the most flattering theme song. I love it. Okay. Woman beats depression by leaving her comfort zone and doing something new every day of the year. So a woman in England named Jess Mal was uh, suffering anxiety and depression during the pandemic, like many of us. Uh, And on December 27th, 2021, she decided she would take charge and fight back against the sort of malaise is not strong enough against the anxiety and depression that she was feeling. Uh, and she challenged herself to try something new every day for a hundred days. Uh, and she was so into it and found that it made her feel so much better that she said, I'm going to extend it past a hundred days. I'm going to do it for 365 days. And, uh, so she did and she captured all of it. And, by the end, on the 364th day, she was like, I've done everything. What's my 365th thing? And it was to make an Instagram reel of all of it. But anyway, some of the various things she did, she took a life drawing class. She did origami. She took a ukulele class. Apparently, she that she didn't stick with that. That didn't go well. But she tried it. Um, she learned to pick a lock. She learned to use chopsticks. Mm. I mean, how do you not? Okay. Um, she learned to change a tire. Not every, I guess not everyone knows chopsticks. I feel like that was like a rite of passage at some point, and I don't even know if I use them right. But no, this is actually this th- this falls down to a, a political belief of mine. And I, I I don't think this is an offensive thing, and this is not a political show. But my my theory is if you if you if you did a test to find out if someone is a liberal or a conservative, a, oh my god, ability to use chopsticks. Because I feel like the liberal guys, the guys are going to go, I want to learn more about this culture and I want to, or I want to appear right. to no- care about this culture. Therefore, I use chopsticks. Yeah. Where the conservative guy's like, eh, the fork is easier, right? I'm going to use my freedom fork. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, write in if I'm wrong on that. Sorry. Yeah. Where do they write in? Upworthy Weekly at upworthy.com. Also, oh, <laughs> second one. Second one. Visible yes. part in the hair, if you're a man. Oh, interesting. Yes. The, the libs go oh, messier. So Republicans have a visible... Yes, yeah. yes. Libs go messier. Interesting. Republicans, more conservative, got the visible part in the hair. This is this is my theory. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Does your son have a part in his hair? Uh, yes, he does have, and he's a very, very hardcore uh, right winger, <laughs> staunch he's Republican, six year old who's very into low taxes, and you know, Elliot had like str- scruffy, super cute, longish hair, and then uh, his teacher 
told me that she thinks it's in his eyes during school. So we got got it cut. Um, and it looks very cute now. No visible part now. So he's uh, he's protesting a number of things. But um, but I, I, I miss the long hair. But you know what? If he can see in school, I guess that has merit. Anyway, there is a science behind why trying new things makes you feel better. Uh, according to a psychologist, experiential diversity, which is a fancy way of saying experiencing new things can improve overall well-being and then like the more you experience the improved mood the more you want to keep doing it etc and my personal feeling i consulted with myself and and we think um i think having a structure to a whole year like i'm embarking on this project i think that for me at least that would lift my mood like there's something new that i'm throwing myself into Uh, i i yeah definitely and i think that your point leads into the next upworthy story we're doing about keeping one's New Year's resolutions. Um, but I, I was thinking for this that this lady, she chose her own types of things that she wanted to do, you know, to expand her horizons. Right. And again, what she did, I think, was super cool because we all get stuck in ruts and we don't get out of them. And then, you know, stiffness is the way of death. You know, we get stuck in our own headspace. Mm. We get stuck with our own routines. We atrophy mentally, physically, and then we either die or become worthless. So... <laughs> but I'm the queen of, of bad news or whatever I am. Right. Queen of darkness. No, no, I think by pointing out this, uh, you know, I'm uplifting people by giving them mm. an out. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was thinking like, okay, it's one thing if you choose the things you want to do, right? So you're going out of your comfort zone, but only so far because you choose it. And I was thinking like, what if somebody else picked the specific things that one could do in order to grow? Like, mm. I thought like if Allison Rosen was doing this, there be things that I think you oh that you should do in order to get out of your personal rut because I think that uh, over the last couple of years I think you've been someone who really stayed in during COVID. I have been, you know, and I think you're somebody who enjoyed staying in. <laughs> I think it's it's not untrue. Okay, very good. All right, we're yeah. peeling the onion here. Uh, okay, good. This is clearly the real Allison Rosen. <laughs> right so then i was thinking to myself like what what would i suggest that allison go out and do in in order to kind of broaden her horizons because also it's going to make you a better podcaster if you're having new experiences i know you're not just telling the same story about a millipede you know what i'm saying like or whatever crawls into your home you know you're telling stories of what happens outside (laughs) of your block people love my insect stories okay have you been reading comments about me or something? Because a commenter recently was like, you need to go out and see friends. And I'm like, what? Who? who what's happening? No, it's just clear to everybody. Anyway. So ahead. I was thinking, so actually, I found three <laughs> things I think you should do. Okay. Uh, and yeah. w- one was, I think you should go to a, a meditation retreat. Oh, boy. One where I don't talk or talk. Oh, yeah, you could talk when you're not meditating. Okay. You know, you can't be talking. I'm going to write this Well, everybody's, you know, while everybody's sitting there. Oh, you know, everybody's getting getting their thing on. Then you're like, yeah. you know, what's the deal with the? What did he? What did he mean by that? What did he mean by that when he said it was obvious yeah. to everyone? I can't be saying that. <laughs> like, was it obvious to uh, you? No, it, you know. So I think that, like, if you went to a meditation retreat, I'm thinking like the one at the end of like the last episode of Mad Men. You know, spoiler. Oh yeah, I like. Where you're that. up in the hills. Well, you're just hanging out. Yeah. You're far away. Es- Esalen. Ens- like Ensel- the Esalen Institute. Ensel- no, Esalen. Oh, okay. Well, 
Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Miss knowing Malibu <laughs> retreats. So, okay, you're you're out there. You're in Malibu. You're far away from your phone. You're not tweeting. Uh-oh. You're, you're getting away because... I didn't know that. You're a very online person. You're getting away from that. You're meditating. Uh, and then that's going to broaden you. It's going to diminish some anxieties. And it's just going to kind of broaden you. And then also, I think you need to hang out with some, some hippies. And I think... I think that would work. All right. Sure. Um, I'll do it. I'll, Have you ever been to one? No. No. I I, I meditate on my okay, bathroom I'll tell floor. you about it. I know. Don't I know? I don't, I don't need Malibu. You know, as the great Alan Watts said, the Zen that you find on a mountaintop is the Zen you bring with you to the top of the mountaintop. Mm. I like yeah. that. But you still want me to go to the top of the mountain? You gotta. You haven't learned that. You gotta. You gotta internalize oh, that. Oh, I see. You can't listen to me saying <laughs> okay. it and go. Oh, I learned that. No. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you, Guru Todd. Pro- what else? What else do you profound want? Profound crap. You can't just hear it and then become profound. You know, the, no. the transitory property of profundity. Right. Um, next, I think you should try some some surfing lessons. Oh. All right. That is definitely. Where's the meditation retreat? I mean, I got to read about how it works. Yeah. If there's like some camp counselor yelling at me to get up and climb stuff, then I'm not in. But otherwise, my sense of a meditation retreat, I think I would like a lot. And I've wanted to take a break from my phone. Surfing lessons is so outside yeah. of my comfort zone. I can't even imagine doing it. Yeah, because it's like the the Bauhaus song, like <clears throat> goths don't surf, you know. And um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. you know you're, you're accused of. Again, I'm not goth. Having some eternal internal gothness, uh, loving to wear black, <laughs> the, the, right. the, the black hair thing. And so I think that if you're hanging around with surfers, people that are kind of totally out of your element. I mean, you're hanging around with a lot of like comedy types, a lot of L.A. people. I think you need to go to the beachy L.A. people. You need to go down to Redondo and you need to hang out with some bros and Bettys. And also, you could get a tan. Mm. When was the last time you had a tan? I, I mean... Um, when I was like eight. Okay. Yeah. Return to my roots. I'm not saying you need to get like, you know, look like an Australian. I I just say that you know you should just get like a tan, you know. Is that base? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah just okay. a base. Uh, and then finally, I, I think that you should join a book club. Well, now I'm just insulted. But go ahead. No, because you're always saying, look, you know, I, I'm, I, I love reading and all this stuff. And then when we get to like, what books have you read? You always got to, you know, I, gotta, I should spend a little more time reading. So this would get you. Yes, true. This would get you in with a group of people outside of your home. And then, you know, you're reading where the crawdads sing. You're reading Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, and you're sitting there with all the important works. All, the, all the important works of the 20th century, and, and getting together with people, and you're having some scones, you're having some tea, oh, uh, maybe some Moscato, refined, yeah, and you, and you're talking. God, we're so wow. you're talking about books Upper that crust. get made into movies, and I think it'd be great. Yes, we could do Gone Girl. Yes. The, the seven or something lives of Evelyn Waugh, which I keep hearing about, and then I've heard like positive and negative things. Yeah, I'm into it. Have you ever been in a book club, Todd? Uh, no, I've not. Okay. Have you ever surfed? I, ha- I have not. Okay. Um, okay, Todd, two can play this game. Uh, okay. 
So I feel that you, oh, all right. <laughs> I feel that you have gotten into a bit of a rut mm. with your like, oh, I'm Todd. I can't find my espresso. So I have a hookup at the local 7-Eleven, but today I'm drinking Starbucks and I have daddy Declan time, which I think is actually very cute. I don't want to get in the mm. way of that. Um, and I wear deck shoes and so I'm constantly slipping <laughs> and I go to Raiders games yeah. and you know, it's just, it's, it's the, yeah, we get it. We get it, Todd. You're Todd Perry. Yeah. We get it. So anyway, I think you need to, and I have four actually, cause I just thought of oh, one. God. Um, I, I would like you to try to come up with a recipe that incorporates zucchini that you like. Oh, cause Zucchini is like public enemy number one vegetable for yeah, you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like crappy eggplant. You know, it's got like the seeds in it. It's a little mushy, but eggplant like mm. delivers like a flavor. This is like a. It's all the bad part of eggplant with none of the flavor. See, I don't really like the flavor of eggplant, so I have for me it's reversed. But to me, zucchini is so much more than just a uh, eggplant analog. Yeah, it is. Delicious. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could, you know, I'll see, I'll go to like, you know, those tasty videos and I'll search, you yeah. know, where they just have like the, the shot and it's looking down and it's right. like you put in butter and then you see the butter melt and then the, the stirring yeah. hand. Right. I love those. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like a beauty I, shot. I could try. I could try. I'm not going to push against this like like you are in this kind of personal okay. development. But yeah, I think I could. I think I could. Uh, it'll be tough. Um, I think you should tell someone that you have tortoises upon first meeting them mm. because I know that you like to hold that information back because you don't want to be a weird, a creepy reptile yeah. guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think you should embrace who you are, a guy with tortoises and lead with that. Just see what happens. So, so, so I'm going to be like that. I like turtles. I like turtles. So I just, we're, it's okay. Let's say we're at a party. Okay. And you're by the punch bowl. Mm. And I go, Alice, Alice and Rosen. I think, Alice, aren't you on that BuzzFeed, yeah. that BuzzFeed podcast? Oh, oh, you mean Upwor Upworthy Weekly? Is that what you yes, mean? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Up Upworthy Weekly. I, I, oh my I, gosh. I, I, yes. I love that show. I listen to it all the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I have so much fun yeah. doing it. Oh, my name's my name's Todd, and um, oh, that's the same. My co-host name is Todd. And I uh, I have two tortoises. Sorry, this is hard for me. This is like my name is Todd. I'm a tortoise owner. Okay, it's like first day recovery. Okay, you know, once you admit it, then you know you're only as sick as your secrets, as they say. Uh. So yes, my name is Todd. I own two tortoises. I own uh, one's named Kingston. He's an African leopard tortoise, and then I have. Big girl Charlie Woodson, and she is a she is a African sulcata tortoise. Wow! So is it just you and your tortoises? You're just a single guy with your tortoises. I have a wife. Did she? What? Did she hates them. That's why I spit. She doesn't me. like them. What? Okay. But I got them. Well, after. listen. It was great. It was great meeting you, but I gotta ah! go. Did you know they like Timothy Hay? They love Timothy Hay. <laughs> That's a real thing, Timothy uh -huh, Hay. Yeah. What's what's so special about it to the tortoises? Well, as a tortoise owner, one of the first primary concerns is, is their GI tract health. Um, obviously, mm. something you've ignored. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's is that. So that's that's what we do. I, I take care of that. So 
see, that's beautiful. Okay. I think you should take me on a guided meditation, a guided visualization, and not abandon me. Okay. Think I gotta get you. It. And then lastly, get you out of there. Okay, that's fine. All right, I got it. Yeah, you can't let you left me in a bookshop, holding a tote bag, and then you left me in a cave with like a lion on my hammock or something. Yeah. It was. I'm. I'm still in there. I'm so tired and hungry. Okay, and then lastly, mm. speaking of lions, this is the big one, okay. Todd. You need to befriend a cat. Oh no, no! I'm oh, yeah. a, I am allergic. I have an al- I have an allergy. I can I have a, I can get a doctor's note on this one. Okay, I can get you a doctor's note that means I do. I not, do too. I know. I do too. I do not have to do this. Okay, it makes my eyes get puffy, right. and uh, I get sniffly. And as we all know, they're dangerous animals that I don't understand why people have them in their homes or around their children. And yes. Um, I'd I'd really like to just could I just could in. I like become like pen pals with a cat? Todd, you can do what you want. It's just, I this, I'm suggesting this for your personal betterment. If you want to just, how many people does it take to change a light bulb? One. No, none, because the light bulb has to want to change. Upworthy weekly. Back to another upworthy story from the last week. Psychologist reveal, uh, psychologist reveals five evidence-based tips for helping your New Year's resolution stick. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, uh, but before we get into that, I did hear that Allison on a, another show you talked about how you uh, you did you did some New Year's resolutions, and that was a, a real thing, right? Yes. Yes, there. Are, as I explained, they're a little like amorphous, but I have some. Yeah, yes. Okay. What, what's just one? Just say just so we have something specific that when we're going through this list. Okay. I am trying to speak in a more like clear, direct manner, as opposed to oftentimes when I'm like, um, well, like like with our our babysitter, or or you know, I'll be like. Um, you know, could you come from this time to this time? Like, would that work for you or is this better for you? And instead of just stating directly, like, here's the hours we would like you to come, does this work for you? I'm like trying to anticipate what I think works best for her. And it just gets very murky. Yeah. It's not, it's not professional and it's not adult. Okay. Yeah. Be a little more direct, direct communication. That's good. That's yes. good for everyone around you. I yes. love that. Uh, let's see, see here. So, um, the psychologist name, Mark Jellicoe. Uh, senior lecturer at, um, sorry, one second, I had just like my, my brain. Okay. Uh, senior lecturer uh, at the University of Law in the UK, uh, who specializes in resilience and self regulation, says there are many reasons why people struggle to achieve goals. So, look, if you're already to January 7th and you still have your resolutions kept, you're in good shape, listener. If maybe you've, you've, you fell. Hey, let's get back on the resolution boat, okay? I already did. I already had a text exchange where I was like, this is the opposite of what I'm trying to do. (laughs) Good. Well, that's why it's all about (laughs) correction. It's all about self-correction, and every time you build that muscle, right? Uh, Knowing is half the battle. So uh, here are some tips. And first, a lot of people, they they talk about like uh, manifesting. Like, you know... um, 
my favorite movie of all time, The Secret, where uh, if, you, if you think <laughs> of a white feather, then one day a white feather is going to come. Um, but right. I think what this guy says is actually there is a point, there's a positive point in, in the idea of manifesting. It's that keeping your ideas and goals top of mind and constantly reflecting on them and thinking about them, which is part of like the law of attraction thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's like the non-BS side of it. It's the non-woo right. version of it. And yeah. so it says it makes sense that if we orient ourselves towards an outcome, we might be more motivated to achieve it, which would invoke the patterns I'm thinking that uh, you find with manifesting. But just be sure to back it up with some solid goal-setting practices. Manifesting is not a magic bullet. Mm. Sorry, Jack Cornfield, but uh, that's it's not going to work. Um, so <laughs> then they have... So it's all about creating uh, goals the correct way, and he uses an acronym, and it's SMART, uh, which mm. make goals that are specific measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So you'd say, I want to speak more directly. I can measure that by speaking directly, right? Uh, by mm-hmm. And then is it achievable? Totally achievable and time-bound. So I, you want to become 100% by the end of the year. It's a New Year's resolution. Tomorrow. Nope. I don't know. Oh, I think, no, I think we're okay. we're missing out. Maybe I misunderstood. A achievable. Oh, okay. See, a achievable, and by tomorrow right. is not achievable because change no, change doesn't not. happen overnight. All right. Sorry, right. and 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 if you don't if you don't think that, let's look at R, realistic realistic goals, right here. All right, fine. Okay. By the end of the year. All right. I've got a 300 and I've got a number of days. Fine, we're, we're pulling for you. Uh, next, utilize the power of small clustered goals. Regardless of the resolution you set, achieving small clustered goals along the way is crucial. So it's like you got to have you got to keep having little wins uh, to get your outcome. He said a good version of this is the couch to 5k where someone goes from I'm sitting mm. on the couch to I don't know <laughs> I'm going to jog in one place for a minute and then pretty soon you're you're doing a 5k. So, yeah, so there's some simple stuff. If you look at the Upworthy article, um, which is titled, you can Google it, Psychologist Reveals Five Evidence-Based Tips for Helping New Year's Resolution Stick. You can Google that and get all of them. But I think this is good. I think, you know, I think sometimes the difference between people who achieve great big things and those that don't is actually knowing how to set goals and the whole, like, tactical practice of it versus actually wanting to do it or having the ability, right? It's like... I agree. Having a... It's the execution. Yeah. And there was something I heard at the beginning of the new year that was pretty good. It was the quarterback for the University of Southern California was in a meeting or like a press conference. And he said, quote, change your habits or change your dream. Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. Good, right? Oh. Yeah, really good. What's your? Do you have a resolution? I just thought like, I kind of had three kind of vague ideas, and one was uh, spend less time on Twitter. Mm, that's so yeah. good. Because I just noticed that it was like kind of like it, when someone's like a smoker, you just kind of without thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna light up and go outside and have a cigarette, right? Um, yes. But and, and I, I'll be like, I go ahead. Yeah, no, with sorry, Twitter, no, it'll just be like I completed a goal, a task. Now I get. 
Now I log on to what's on Twitter, right? And I would just kind of just constantly exactly. do that. Just like, oh, I just finished eating. Oh, now I'm going to go blow a butt or whatever, right? So I think it's mm-hmm. kind of decoupling that, however that happens. Yes. With mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, number, I had another one. It was like, eh, cut back on drinking a little bit, just a little bit, 30%, you know. Yeah, just a, just a little bit, just a little, a little more healthy. And then number one, the next one was a long shot, um, and it, it was um, by the end of the year, get hot. <laughs> oh, so, well, no. What are you well, going to do? Just thinking, I was like, you know, like I'm, you know, forty, I mean, forty six, uh, in two, three weeks, and I thought, man, the the, the door is shutting on my hot years, mm. right? And so. You know, what if, you know, to quote a certain bespectacled New York comedian, what, you know, what if I became the balding virile type, you know, and, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, by the end of the year, people be like, oh, yo, wow, that, that hunky Todd Perry, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen, but this was like the far out, you know, if, if I had way too much time goal, you know, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be right. like ripped and chiseled and, uh, you know, less jowly and, you know, mm. I don't know if that's going to work or that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, start wearing tighter clothing, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that was that was right. a goal. Because I just thought, well, you know, again, got to throw the Hail Mary at this point in life. Daniel and I were just talking about this on an episode of, of Alice Rosen's New Best Friend that, like, the window closed for us. How did that happen? Mm. No, you could st- maybe you, you could know. still open it up. Maybe you... Yeah, maybe I can just like wedge myself in and yeah, crank it That's open. That's right. That's right. You know, because, you know, there's some, you know, but then there's also there's also this thing. Um, we were talking on a show while we did an Instagram video about this, which was pretty popular, about people late in life achieving goals. Yes, people were so inspired by that. I loved, I loved the comments. And then I thought like some people start, they like they find they they come into this zone where they're like really themselves and look great. Like maybe somebody might look as a seventeen year old, not that great or whatever. But just the way time changes. But like at seventy five, like man, that's a good looking old man. You know, you never know. You could yes. you could come in. It's usually men, but that's yes, true. Um, can happen with ladies, but yeah, people. People Probably. move in and then they wake up one day, you know, or there's some people that are just always good looking, like Richard Gere will be 95 and making ladies swoon, you know. Um, <coughs> anyway. Right. Enough of that. Good goals. Yeah. Upworthy, Upworthy Weekly. Okay, this next story is wild and it's also incredibly cinematic and it's possibly my favorite story that we've ever done on this show. A nun and monk fell in love, quit their monastic lives and got married. Um, Okay. So a woman named Lisa Tinkler uh, lives in England, became a nun when she was 19, changed her name to sister Mary Elizabeth. I didn't realize they changed their names. They take nun Mm. names. Uh, I don't know if all of them do, but she didn't. She lived as a Carmelite nun, which means that most of her time was spent uh, in silent devotion for 24 years she did this and she most of her time was spent like she would see people behind a grill uh so you know far apart from okay, everyone. Can, can you unpack One day, that like what the grill thing is like i don't exactly understand it but i think that she's in a room 
this is how I envision it. She's like in a room that has like a little sort of like a, a screen with bars on it, like a prison. So she she <laughs> was like fair. an imprisoned nun, but she was it was like to, to like dedicate herself to following God. Yeah, she would just sit maybe exactly. screw around with the rosary and look through a window all day. I mean, I don't think that's how she would put it, but yeah. yes, that's my understanding of it. You know, my when I hear grill, I imagine like a confessional. Isn't that like through a grill that you're talking to the priest? Something similar. I don't really Something know. Something similar. Yeah. I mean, it was spelled G-R-I-L-L-E. So it's a fancy grill. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're, not, you're not cooking anything on it. So anyway, one day, the convent is visited by Friar Robert of Oxford. Mm. So old sister Mary Elizabeth and her superior are tasked with feeding him lunch. The superior gets a phone call. I must bust into this story to say, Sister Mary Elizabeth is leading a life of silent devotion behind a grill, but her superior is taking phone calls? What's happening? But anyway, she skedaddles, the superior skedaddles to take a phone call. Sister Mary Elizabeth is left in the room with Robert while he finishes his wait, lunch wait, wait, wait. silently. Wait, 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 wait. Just slow it down a little bit. Okay. Slow it down a little bit. Sister Mary Elizabeth, a.k.a. Liz, in a room with Friar Robert while he finishes his sandwich. Probably like some kind of tuna fish sandwich <coughs> on wheat bread. Oh yeah, he finishes his sandwich. They're not talking, they're just vibing. But they don't know they're vibing yet. She opens the door to let him out he brushes her sleeve. She's been in behind a grill for 24 years. Wow. A man brushes her sleeve. She feels sparks. Ooh. Like she definitely feels a something. And she thinks, does he feel it too? Then that's it. A week later, are you sitting down? A week later, they've had no communication. But a week later, he asks her to marry him. Wow. I know. it's My voice is really feeling this story. It's a little sudden, mm. a little abrupt. She knows a bit about him from his sermons. He knows nothing about her except, ooh, her sleeves. <laughs> she goes to talk to her superior about it because she's torn. Her superior is let's just say, less than supportive, yeah. right? A little snappy is how Sister Mary Elizabeth puts it. So Sister Mary Elizabeth is like, oh, no, oh, no, you didn't. Packs a bag, takes off, meets him at a pub that night, and never goes back to the convent. That's it. So they fall in love. Both of them are going through existential crises, leaving their, oh yeah, leaving their devoted monastic lives behind. They get married in 2015. They now share a home together. Robert works as a vicar at his local church. Lisa is a hospital chaplain. And they discovered that love can make a sacrament of everything you do. Oh. The end. And they lived happily ever after. Isn't that... The part that I cannot get mm. over is that 
he brushed against her sleeve and then asked her to marry him one week later. I mean, what happened? What transpired? Uh, okay, I don't want to be a cynic here, but okay, let's think about like let's say <laughs> you're you're stuck behind a grill, doing the yeah. rosary. You're being devoted, you know, mm-hmm. your whole life. Right, talking talking to your superior who's not very supportive. No, but you're not even talking to her very much. So unsupportive. She's just she's just gabbing on the phone, yeah. and then this man comes in, brushes the shoulder. Now, do you, do you think that given she was so deprived, that's what I suspect? But it seems to have worked for them. I I rushed you through your cynical thought. Yeah. unpack it. You that was it. all. I was just thinking she was so deprived. She was so like like you know it's like when the girls from the Catholic all girls school see the boys. You know, yeah. from um, you know, the Catholic all boys school, and they had that like one formal night. Like they all want to get married mm-hmm. that night because they're like, "Oh my god, the opposite right. sex or whatever." You know, or I could yeah. imagine somebody. Right, she hasn't. She hasn't been around a lot of men, presumably. Yeah, oh, I could imagine like um, like if somebody was like lived in a small town and had to repress their sexuality, and then they went to the big town and they went to the gay bar for the first time, they'd be like, "Oh." You know, and someone talked to them, it would be like such a uh, overwhelmingly positive experience. Uh, that's just right. what I'm thinking. Or it's like, right. you know, when uh, Orky and Corky were moved from Marineland to Sea World, and then for the first time, Kasatka and Kianu and uh, Kandu actually had a male in the tank with Orky, and they were just beating down the door. Sorry, anyway, it's a different podcast. But so that. Which podcast is that? LA's own Marineland, which you can listen to. Oh, I heard it's. I heard good yeah, things. Very popular. Um, let's see here. So yeah, that's my only thing. Is I'm not doubting their love, uh, but right. is it is it a bit of that? You know, that a man or I had this. This guy is the most magnetic, and she's the most magnetic, or they were just perfect for each other. Like, yeah. and you know, she's in the habit and the whole thing, which is not. Not the sexiest outfit I've, I've ever seen, you know. And he's in the fryer right. thing, which is not that, yeah. you know. Right. I think he didn't even know what she looked like. Yeah. It was just, I mean, wow. It just depends how romantic you want to be about it. But here's the thing. I, I tend to agree with you that it was like they were both, you know, they were both thirsty people and they were each other's sip of water. But... Arranged marriages statistically do work, actually. So this very Western notion that we have, and by the way, I fully buy into it, but that like you have to slowly get to know someone. I don't know, maybe whatever for whatever they they are happily they they are living happily ever after, and it's like a crazy sweet story. Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't been made into a movie. I I think it should. I think it should be made into a movie. Yeah, maybe it oh, will yeah. be. Oh, yeah. I mean, this would be a perfect like Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> type of movie where he's like the front too bad he's dead but you know right <laughs> may he rest in yeah. peace upworthy weekly but yes dad explains why he wants his kids teenage friends to hang out at his house so uh jeremy serrano a lutheran pastor in northern california i'm doing a lot of a lot of hot religious talk today yeah what's up with that he's got three teenage kids and he recently went viral on tiktok for telling other parents to quote be that house I was talking to a, a another parent the other day and oh wait I was talking quick. to a, a I was talking is, is this guy in the Anne Hathaway uh 
Trimouth Hall of Fame? Maybe. I was talking to a... And the other thing I wanted to quickly say... Uh, I was talking to a, a, another parent uh, the other day, and they asked me, why do you always have teenagers over at your house? Um, we are the parent of teenagers, my wife and I. And one of the things that we've worked really hard on is being the house that uh, the teenage friends of my children want to hang out at. And we do that in a couple ways. Uh, we have activities for them, like like I built an axe throwing thing. We have a basketball. We have we have all kinds of stuff. But also, I I my wife and I we intentionally ask our children's friends what kind of food they like, what kind of drinks they like, and then we make sure that they have that we have those things on hand for them. And it's just one of the best things that we've ever done because we get to know our, our kids' friends and and then we know that they're hanging out here. Find out what their favorite drinks are and take a sip, friend. <laughs> well, he has a basketball, so they're set. Yeah. I, I I think this is a... I like yeah, it. Yeah, I think this is a, a great point. Like, I, It made me wonder, you know, I ne- something I never contemplated, being a parent, like what I want to do that. And it was my wife and I actually, when we got our pool put in, the reason, one of the reasons was we're like, well, we have a kid that's an only child. If we have a pool, then like his friends will want to come over. And I think maybe that was part of like, you know, the kid's older, he's a teenager. We'll, we'll have everybody swimming and they'll say, hey, Mr. P. And they'll see me and I'll be at the grill. I'll be like, hey, yeah. hey, Chachi, you know, and it, it'll be fun. And so I think that's kind of what we wanted Maybe that, but then it's also that thing of having like a bunch of like smelly boy teenagers. Teenagers, mm. I know. Mm. Right, you got to be careful. No, it's it's a smart idea. Yeah. I think. Like we had that house when I was a kid, but it was like the parent that doesn't care and lets you do bad things. Mm. Right. The right. The story makes a point of like sometimes the house that all the teens are at, it's because the there's no rules. But then sometimes it's because like there are rules, but it's still a, a good place for the kids to hang yeah. out. Like this was the house where like people would smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Teenagers would smoke cigarettes and ash on the floor on the carpet. That was not, your no, house? Not my house, no. My, my, my mom oh, would okay. have killed everyone if that was happening. But oh, oh, I see. You're saying you had the house where you'd go to do that. We, yeah. I had a friend who had that house. And it was like, looking back on it, and it was like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Where were that kid's parents? Um, the, mom, the mom was always like at the boyfriend's house kind of thing. Mm. So it was like free reign, and then she'd come home and hey, you guys want some food and cook up some food. And we'd be like, oh, I want a beer, and then uh, yeah, so that was <laughs> wow. that was it. So I I like this, and again, and again, you get to know who your kids' friends are, and be like, because uh, I'm sure we'd have good senses about ourselves as parents to go, hey, maybe don't don't hang around that kid, or only do it if you're around the house, you know? Right? Um, yeah. So. Um, reminded me of one time uh, we had my my last house where my parent my my parents my wife and I lived. It was before we had a kid, and across the street from us they had a like, they had a teenager party where there there was like <laughs> a guy that lived there was like I think he went to go play for like a USA volleyball team or whatever. He was like a cool kid, and his two sisters 
So it's like three kind of teenage early 20s kids that lived over there. And they're all just like like the best looking, like athletic kids. And I don't know, I was like 38 or something. And I went to go walk to the bar up at the corner, the Snug Harbor. And, uh, you know. I've been to the Snug Harbor. In Lakewood? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Deba- yeah. Wait, have I? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Seal Beach. Is there a Snug Harbor in Seal Beach? Too? I don't know. It sounds like a Seal Beachy kind of name. There was Neptunes in Seal Beach. But... I feel like I've, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Neptunes. But I feel that I've been to Snug Harbor. You know why? Because when I worked for the OC Weekly, we did this like c- city guide uh, and I wrote about Lakewood. So I must have written about Snug Harbor. That must be why. I ah, okay. Yeah, it was just like a little crap, but I, I crappy dive bar. Yeah. But so I, I was, I, feel like I was there. walking up, and then I saw that like the kids were having our parents are away rager in the backyard, and so then I pulled rank on like the as the old neighbor guy, and I walked in the backyard. Hey, kids! And then they're all like, it was like record scratch. <laughs> and they're all hanging out, and I was like, got any beer? <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, Mr. Perry across the street's cool, you know, because they knew I, w- I was there to not rat them out, but I was there to like, right? oh, well, you know, do you not want to get in trouble? Then, uh, mm. you know, you got to give the guy across the street a beer too. So I hung out with him and then then I left, but uh, it was kind of funny. Like, it was like, they're all scared. And then, uh... <laughs> was that a bad thing? So you're the cool Wait, dad. Was I being a cool or was, or was I just being a jerk? I don't know what you are being, but you didn't have kids yet, no. right? This was just, these are other people's kids. OPC. Yeah. OPK. So I, I think it's okay. My favorite Naughty by Nature song, OPK. <laughs> you down with OPK? <laughs> Upworthy Weekly. Oh, my Lord, when my soundboard got messed up, I don't have the Rate Your Week music. So. Oh, We're no. going to pretend. Okay. Here, this will be this will be our rate your week music. Uh. Oh yeah. I'm feeling it. This is this is from imagining my sleeves getting rubbed up again. This is this is from back in the day when there was a lot of Gregorian chant music. It was really... Yeah. But are you mixing two things, or is this... Did it come like this, this music? No, this this, 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 this is uh, Enigma, is the band. Oh, yeah. I remember them. Sam's Demois. And, yeah, this this is... Yeah. That, it was when some, they took, like, Gregorian chant, keyboard, and then they put, like, a Madchester beat behind it. And it would turn right. into something horny, you know? All right. Al- yeah. Allison, on a scale yes. of one through five, okay. one being having no music, five being horny Gregorian chant, rate your week. I'm going to give it a two. Oh! I am tempted to go lower even because... I was really sick. Not COVID though, whatever this is. I so this past week included New Year's Eve and that was the day that I really felt it. That was the day that I woke up and I walked out of the bedroom and I said, I'm so sick. Uh and 
So Daniel was so kind uh, and just let me sleep all day and he took care of the kids. Um, and I'd like, you know, periodically wake up and just take more over-the-counter medicine and, and take my temperature and stuff. Mm. But I had 102 fever that yeah. day. No, 101 point something. But I just was like very, very uncomfortable. I was asleep before midnight. Um, thankfully, we didn't have any plans that I was missing out on. Uh, but yeah, so that I felt awful. And then uh, I continued to not feel good and not have a voice. I had to cancel two shows and I never cancel my shows. Mm. Um, I, us- I usually try to do whatever I can to not cancel, but I had to cancel and do reruns. So um, I just didn't love it. I didn't love it. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. I'm going to be okay though. And now I have this cool, sexy yeah. voice. Are you a better person so, than yeah. you were the week before? Um, you know what? I am. And this is what's so weird. I, now that I'm, I don't know if it's because I'm feeling better. I don't know what it is, but I am like filled with gratitude for my life and love for my children. I always love them. I know. You're going to have to change my theme song. I always love them. But yesterday, so I worked a lot the last couple of days um, once my voice started getting a little better. And yesterday though, I didn't have to record. So I got up and I was, you know, getting my kids ready for school. And I was just looking at them and I was just like, they are so cute and so amazing. And I just, all day it was like seeing my whole life through fresh eyes. I don't know if it's because I was sick. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. But then last night as I was leaving Elliot's room, I'm like, what if I'm about to die? <laughs> what if like, some sort of synapses are firing or some kind of, I'm filled with some kind of chemical that is making me see my life anew and it indicates that I'm about to die. I hope not, but it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, I, I, I'm feeling so different about my life. It's like you had the, the, so I must be a better person. The DMT was rushing like almost, through your body like as, yes. as you were getting ready to die. It's what happens. I guess. Um, wow. Yeah. That's heavy. I hope I don't drop dead. We we might have to. It's we, so weird. We might but, have to have fake Allison Rosen on next week. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, she knows that it was Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy dot com. Sound like Allison? Let me know. <laughs> and you, how was your week on a scale of one being? Um, I'm trying to think of a good scale here. One being a nun that takes phone calls and gives you bad advice, and five being a nun that is supportive. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to give this week a uh, three point five. Right. Started off great. I had um, I went to Marley's wedding. Marley, who's our announcer on the show. Oh, hi, Marley. She got yeah. married. Had a beautiful wedding. I got to see some friends I hadn't seen in a while, and it was totally fine. It was wonderful. My wife and I had a great time. It was just a good like date night kind of hang out and be like oh you're, nice. you're pretty cool wife you know <laughs> you're not busy being a wife you're all right you know you're a lot of fun <laughs> you're not just a wife you're also a woman yeah. you're a person <laughs> uh yeah and then the next uh, uh, new year's eve had like some fun parties uh wasn't perfect because when i got home i found that they did the uh uh, CNN, I always watch their New Year's Eve coverage where normally Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon would get tanked and they were hilarious when they were tanked. Yeah. 
No, they had like sober New Year. So I was like, turn that off. I was like, why did they do? I, you know, I saw tweets about that. Why did they do that? Do you know? I, I think it doesn't look becoming of a news organization to have like your anchor getting like okay. tanked on air. You know, it was fun though. It's, but it's something that people always tune in for to see like how crazy will it get? Yeah, like you know what? If Don Lemon was all always drunk and on the brink of tears, I'd watch CNN every night. You know, it's great. <laughs> A magic formula. Yeah, it'd be like he's doing a Glenn Beck impersonation. But yes, so that kind of made the week good. But then the rest of the week, I've just been moving out because I'm getting work done on my house because I had my flood that I've complained about many times on this show. And so my house is finally getting fixed. So that is a positive too. So are you in your house right now? I'm in my studio out beside the house. And then Got I'm going to go to an Airbnb. After oh. this and beautiful Ooh, Belmont drawers. Nice. But all right. Hmm. Oh, and uh, are you a better person than you were the week before? I'll say this. I think I did improve because I went to like a wedding. I went to like New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, like sat and watched football all day. And all three days, no hangover. I went to a New Year's Eve party, woke up the next day feeling great. I went to a Look at wedding, you. open bar. Yeah. No, I didn't overindulge. Amazing. I was fine. I didn't go too far. You know, like, I wasn't feeling bad. I was like, I was up and ready at like seven in the morning the next day. And I think it's just because I'm getting older and I have self-discipline. So that was good. It's your, uh, it's your New Year's resolution that you're already putting into effect. Good That's job. Right. I'd like to thank An- Angelica Ross for playing Allison Rosen this week on the show. Angelica, you did a great job. <laughs> I think everybody's... Uh, I think some people were actually sold. Thanks, Todd. Sold it. It was... Uh, <laughs> oh, great. Allison. Let me know if you need me next week. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.